Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, good morning. Spin the Rally Pod. We are back with more rally talk and more rally action and more things that you've never heard of before that George is going to fill us in on, and we're all a bit envious, really. Um, I'm Lisa O'Sullivan, the rally fan. George is George Donaldson, the famous George Donaldson, former sporting director and former motorsport team boss. Good morning, George. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you very much. Uh, we also have in the office, and now, Luke, I've forgotten your title once again because it's so grand. <laughs> I've forgotten your title. Well, just call me a podcast imposter, Lisa. For now. Uh, yeah, but I, I need podcast imposter and deputy De- editor. Deputy editor, yeah, that's me. Deputy editor. See, I keep trying to promote you, and I think that's might, might not be too much longer, be. least before you actually I was don't need say, to. Maybe, maybe we can drop yeah. the deputy. Who knows? Well, if he go. keeps washing. Anyway, it's Luke Barry. Yeah, it is <laughs> Luke Barry who is um, absolutely storming it at the moment. Dirtfish.com's very own Luke Barry, and we also have um, His Highness Senior Staff Writer for Dirtfish.com. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. David Evans, good morning, David. Good morning, Lisa, and good morning, gang. How excited are we? Another week. How excited? Morning, David. I know another week, and I have to say, I was—I um, I thought I had quite a nice weekend. But George, you seem to be making the most of your weekends. You seem to be finding non-rally rally stuff to do at weekends that I really wish I was doing. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, two this weekend, Lisa. Um, so I did a I did a navigational scatter rally last night, which uh, will which need was, explanation. Will need explanation, and then also I uh, I'd done a little bit of uh, coaching for uh, a friend, uh, Gary McDonald, and his driver Mike Motes, who were doing the the Grampian rally at the weekend in Scotland, and uh, just that round uh, four of the British Motorsport Championship. I, be- I believe it is. Yes, it was a round of the British Championship. They finished twenty eighth overall, so that would have been about twentieth in the Scottish Championship. But but they gained about uh, they gained about two seconds a, a kilometer, or two seconds a mile. I don't know if it was two seconds a mile or two seconds a kilometer. Must have been a mile. They got on their quicker. Normal pace. <laughs> <laughs> we did a, a nice evening session, just looking at some in car videos, and I made some comments and asked some questions. And uh, they made they made quite a few changes. Mike, as as the driver, is uh, focused and wants you know to get the best out of it and enjoy it the most. I mean, it's it's about fun, but it's also about competition. And they were two seconds a kilometer quicker, I think, or two seconds a mile, as I said, quicker. Just for us going through, we, we found I found about three main things that I thought we could improve, just with focus. Uh, Mike talked through it. He's methodical. He, he's detailed. He was interested, and he managed to uh, make those changes and massively quicker than he was on the previous event. It's nice to do things like that. Yeah, that how, much, that's how much do you charge for that, George? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. You, Absolutely nothing. You, you should be. Yet. He's going to get deluged now. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I've been, I've been, I've been talking to our uh, chief coach across there in Dirtfish HQ, 
in uh, Snow Snoqualmie. Is that how you say it? Snoqualmie. Exactly. Would that be Mr. Nate? Exactly. Tennis? Yeah, like I'm getting. Yeah, I, I've been speaking to Nate, and uh, and and where I was I was mentioning I still did bits and pieces, and then when Gary, my friend, my co-driver friend, uh, uh, asked me uh, would I, would I come and have a chat with him, Gary's a good methodical guy, and I went and and we uh, we figured quite a few things out, and two seconds a kilometer quicker. That's it. That's and fantastic. Fast, that fast, that, I mean, that is great because that really does yeah. does um, feel like a massive improvement for the for the team as well. Yeah. So that's that's you giving back, but then you went out to play. I went out to play on Sunday night, Navigational Scatter Rally. Uh, so basically, you get given a, 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 a little pamphlet of, uh, it must, must have been about 24 or maybe 30 uh, navigational points to go to. Some of them were grid references. Some of them were instructional clues. Ooh, like a treasure hunt. Which apparently sounded like a Lady Gaga song, according to you, Lisa. Uh, <laughs> Just the, one, the way you were reading it, <laughs> yeah. you did sound very... Oh, the, the way I was reading it, okay. Rama. And I was doing that from memory. So my, my co-driver for that event, my navigator, sorry, not co-driver, my navigator, um, Ewan, he was, uh, Ewan West, he was uh, on his very first rally, the very first event that he'd competed on, and we did it to see if he was going to get sick or whether he, you know, whether he could navigate or, or learn, even learn to... Uh, to, to read maps and do map references. So we, we did a, we did half an hour at the house before we left. We had a bit of a disaster. I'd bought the map and I'd left it in my car. Um, <laughs> and I went out to bring it in. And, and, it, and the map in my car is not the one that I bought. Uh, oops, <laughs> we couldn't find it. Oh, so I raked right. in my garage. This is a short story. I raked in my garage. I've got an old box. And I pulled out uh, the, the correct map, Sheet 52 Ordnance Survey map, which is... Uh, Aberfeldy and and uh, Pitlochry, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and it was from it was from nineteen seventy nine Hackle wow. Rally, as it was, yeah, <laughs> with complete with few, all the markings. Well, I mean, the A nine wasn't modernised at that point or anything. Has Hadrian's um, Wall been built since then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. Antonine Wall up this way, thank you. We've got there's another one. There's two. There's two. Nobody knows about the Antonine Wall, but it's just every bit every bit what Hadrian's was. It's a backup again. Believe it or not. Well, it wasn't it's massively successful, though, was it? <clears throat> Neither. No, no, absolutely not successful. Anyhow, anyhow, um, one of our uh, one of our uh, uh, competitors, um, uh, Scott Scott Gray. Um, he uh, he had a spare map and he gave that to us. How nice was that? So you find navigational points, but then what do you do when you're there? So you find those, and then there's a little clue. For instance, um, it would say, "Well, you arrive you arrive at the junction, and and it says where would you go for an alternative pickup point." So there's a post box there. So you go and look at the post box, and the pickup time's eleven thirty. That's not the answer. And then just in small print within the little plate, so you had to get out of your car to look at this one. There's a thing, alternative pickup at Fuse Road, Perth. Uh-huh. So that's it. The answer is Fuse Road. And then there was, there was other ones where you had quite complex clues, not a map reference, to get to a particular point. It just sounds fun. It sounds, it sounds yeah. I think the Americans would call it a scavenger hunt. So you actually yeah, Basically, that's exactly what it was. It just sounds just yeah. like that for grown-ups. It's, it's, because you get to drive a car on some lovely roads as well. Well... The roads we were on were some of them lovely big open fast roads where you could literally see for two miles with but lots of corners and jumps and crests. So one of the roads is a single track road from Kenmore across to a place called Amory. It must be about 10 miles. Right, It's the most moorish road you can drive in Scotland. And it's just at the end of Loch Tay, a place called Kenmore across to Amory. Single track road. 
but you can see for miles and there's there's nobody on it. After you get the first half a mile into it, there's no houses. On right, the way next out summer. To the south, I, yeah, I think, next, I think summer. next summer that's where we have the dirt fish uh, summer party. Absolutely. Well, it could be. How fast did you go, George? Absolutely. How fast did you uh, go? Come on, be honest. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a legal limit of 60 miles an hour. Which I, um, I didn't ask about legal limit. Was, was <laughs> we, obviously we were... exactly what he did. Yeah. Look, this, this was a lovely fast road, and I was concentrating on all the jumps and the corners to make sure I wouldn't, you know, cause any problems for myself. So I never looked at the speedo. There was no, there was no time to look at a speedo. But um, did you get the mini airborne? Yeah, a couple of times, a couple of <laughs> really hard impressions as well. Yeah, Still yeah, a couple. Of, and I managed to lift off the power so I didn't break a drive shaft because that was on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and there's some proper there's some proper uh, humpback bridges in there as well, which you've really got to be you know big stamp on the brakes. The brakes were absolutely smoking at the end of that. It was fabulous. Always, always happens <laughs> yeah. when you drive at sixty miles an hour. Yeah, I tell yeah, you, somewhere is, else where yeah. the brakes are going to be smoking, Ypres. Yeah. Ypres, how good is that? Hey. Seamless, nice. Yeah, Thank Ypres. You. I can't Ypres. wait. I have to. I know um, we always have a lot of people that different. Um, attitudes towards um, this particular event, but I love it because it's a, a complete event for a spectator. You can get right up and close and personal, and you feel that you are every bit part of this event when you go into the service park and you're in in the town. I I, I just love this event in Belgium, I mean, which is coming up. Lisa, all the all the stages, every you know the 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 rally used to deviate. We're coming along a road next to a village, and it would deviate into the village and go through every single road in the village and back out again. So <laughs> the, the 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 entire community was part of it, and you went to there to spectate. You know, there was coffee, there was hot dogs, there was sandwiches, there was lovely local fare, all sorts of things. It was just amazing, and it's it is an amazing event still. It is, um, but but um, the food's good. Not not and not. The don't don't good think and who's going to win. Yeah. Don't think get, ninety degree corners and forty five degree corners. It, there's a lot of character in that rally as well, um, and and it's it's an incredible um, an incredible driving event, and it requires a precision and a technique that is a discipline that is not normally exercised in rally. You cannot be yeah. untidy and quick ever in Ypres. You know, and, just just doesn't work. And that's before it starts inevitably starts raining which it will and that's a good yes, thing because lovely. it does it, it yes. does always spice up a it's, bit doesn't it? it it's a leveler david it's oh. an absolute leveler as well yeah it turns it into ice with those those mm. muddy stages so mm. let's 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 take a look um getting underway on the 18th so just a few days away as we record this podcast lukey what you've cast your eye over this give us your thoughts ahead of this event and who should we be watching yeah, that that's pressure because I I can pick out a couple yeah. names here that end up doing. I thought just chuck you straight under the bus. <laughs> I th- I think I think the obvious one has to be Thierry Thierry Neville, doesn't it? Just because he won last year, he knows the rally, and we did see it last year that him and Craig Breen because they had tangible experience ran away with it, and I'm kind of interested this year if that will still be the case or if that year that everybody did last year will allow them to catch up. I think Thierry in particular will probably still have. So I think it was Tom Fowler used the word tricks up his sleeve, didn't he, David? Yeah. But I, th- I think ultimately everybody's done it at least once now. That is going to help them come. But the rain is something that a lot of them probably haven't experienced there either. So if that does come, that <laughs> could that surprise a few? I, yeah. I, I don't know. But I, I do think we have to look at, at Thierry's favourite, just his, his experience. And as much as there's been lots of debate this season about the strengths and weaknesses of the high and die, more so the weaknesses, one of the considered strengths is the engine. 
And that is going to be very important in a rally like this when you're accelerating out of corners hard. It's, I find it very hard to look past him as victory favourite for me. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And it's, it just shows, doesn't it, you know, how reliant you are on your, on your driver when you consider all of the criticism that the, the car's taken um, through the, the, the first half of the season. But also, definitely, Oit Tanak's victory in Finland the way that he won that rally, that definitely raises the pressure for me on, on Thierry because it's demonstrated. What well, in fairness, oh, he's done it twice now. He won in Sardinia and in Finland. But in Finland, he won on the, the fastest round of the season so far and probably all time, and or certainly all through the year. So, you know, Thierry knows that the car's got the speed to win, to beat the Toyotas. He also knows that he's got more experience of those roads than anybody else. Um, but I was just desperately trying to find... I know uh, Chris Meek won on his first time in Ypres and Craig was his first time winning uh in in Ypres Luke that would be a good time for you to jump I, in and say I don't I don't <laughs> think so um but it? I could be I know he won in has he won more than once I know he won in 2019 and I know that I'm doing that off the top of my head because I'm sad enough to know that but yeah I'm gonna that check was when the he was in the cola it is EWRC yeah. we're rifling through EWRC <laughs> as we speak <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Uh, nineteen. He won. I don't think that was his first one, but um, but look, I mean, you know, Chris on asphalt was incredibly clean. Uh, uh, Craig Breen, fabulous on asphalt. You know, the that Irish experience, yeah, uh, would 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 play to a great extent into into Eper's uh, into Eper's sort of uh, character and makeup to give you a, a you know a good a good firm sort of starting point on it. Um, I mean, Tony Pond won it innumerable times, um, and he was a wild guy, you know. But he obviously figured it out and and was and he George accordingly? Was he a, what, considered yeah. a wild driver? Oh yeah, yeah, he really? was very spectacular. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he was he was good and he was he was clean, but he was always he was always good to watch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I, so just you know of the of the if, well, between Tony Pond and Jimmy McRae, Jimmy McRae was the steady clean guy, and yeah. Tony was the Tony was the wilder man, hundred percent. But neither of them were the extremes of that, because you know, obviously, Jim, I mean, and, and Jimmy was just as good to watch. But yeah, t- Tony was was a bit wilder. Oh, that's amazing. So I, I think it's his it's his fourth or fifth start uh, for yeah. uh, for for Craig, and he's been, he was on the podium. Mm-hmm. On his first time finishing third, and yeah, now he's won. So it yeah, it is yeah. definitely a rally that you you know experience helps, but mm-hmm. so it will yeah. you know at least the the Toyota drivers will have a, a and when yeah an idea of so, where sorry, they're going. Sorry. But mm-hmm. yeah. what we didn't see was last year it wasn't a typical Epo. We didn't see a lot of rain. We didn't see changeable mm-hmm. conditions. So like you say, Luke, you know they've got good experience of one yeah. set of circumstances. Yeah. I'm I'm quite looking and, forward to sorry George go on. No, I was, I was going to say about the Hyundai's power. I mean the Hyundai. I'm not quite sure how much better the engine is, and it can only be a couple of horsepower really. I mean it, we're not talking 25 horsepower more than the Toyota. That seems terribly unlikely and and not quite right. But but the biggest thing of all is it seems to have a greater top speed. Mm. So in a rally like Finland, that top speed where you get it and hold it for a long time, that's where that's where it's worth a margin. In Ypres. The straights are not so long, uh, not not like in Finland anyway. So it's acceleration is everything. It's how quickly you get to your top speed, and then hopefully you know your next breaking point isn't too far away if someone's doing ten kph faster than you. But 
albeit, you know, the Hyundai's maybe getting an extra 10 kph faster, it's maybe getting it 100 metres later, at which point that, that extra top speed might not be worth anything. I've not got the metric on how quickly the car accelerates, but the Puma, which seems to be lower geared, it might get there quicker, and that might well give Craig a technical advantage. Again, that's something you'd have to study more carefully than I can with the data that I've got. But I think it would be interesting to understand that a little bit more. I shall endeavour to do my best this coming weekend to, to try and figure these things out a little bit. We really need to be there with stopwatches. Maybe that's an extra thing we can get you and Colin to do, David. I used to. <laughs> yeah. I used to. I am. I employed. I employed teams of guys. Well, usually, usually at least one full-time team, which was two or three people, with a radar gun and stopwatches, and they had three stopwatches and a radar gun and and a guy writing everything down. So you do so from from junction guys. to junction or something. Well, and you do it. You do it across. So you would do it, say, from when the car came into sight to an initial point that you would imagine would be breaking point. You can gauge that on the first car. And then you'll do a timing point from there to the entry to the corner, to the exit of the corner, and then pr- probably out of sight. That last one being as you exit the corner from the from the apex. From the apex, quite often you just use a single point at the apex. It was a longer corner. You could do two points across it. So um, you call, Colin and, and I'd be useless at that because we'd forget where we were supposed to time to. <clears throat> then we'd get excited about yeah. something. Then we'd argue yeah. about something. And about four yeah, cars. I'd have to passed. think about what we used to do, but but I had a I had a a, a guy John Brooks used to do it for me, a, a, an ex post office uh, engineer. Um, now he's retired now, I think actually John, but he was he was absolutely brilliant at doing all those those, those metrics. A computer guy basically, but he was doing all those metrics and and Jesus, he, he lifted the game for us. I, t- I told him what I wanted, and he came back and gave me more, and it was great data. And we sat there and analysed it. Engineers loved it. You know, it was great. Yeah. And, and it was very, very useful. Because obviously we had our own metrics from the car, the, 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 the in-car um, data systems. But when we started to, when, when we proved we could catch a lot, capture a lot of that data externally of what the other cars were doing, um, it's maybe something that, uh, that Tom could do in, uh, in, uh, in, um, in Ypres to, to see, what, to see where, where he thinks he's losing and where he's gaining. But I suspect they do that already because... I know in some of the interviews and the comments I've heard from you, he's quite clearly got concepts and ideas. He gathers that data. He's very, he's a very shrewd, intelligent shrewd, person. Very intelligent. Very shrewd, very, very clever engineer. Way that cleverer than Colin loves, loves all that good stuff, which I just absolutely... I didn't realise we were using that as a standard. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's not the standard. I'm, I'm stopping talking at this point because I feel like it's, you know, it's just... Um, can I just before, before a quick plug as well because yep. George you saying all that has reminded me of something you and I did last year on dirtfish.com which was the secrets to Ypres success which is still on the website if you search for it I might put it back on the hero slots for a bit this week but you told me all about your your excellent plan to tie everybody's splits I think in, in that particular example which you mentioned last week's pod it was Freddie Loikes and Armin Schwartz were your, your key example yeah. of where Freddie was gaining the time yeah. so it is fascinating stuff yeah. George has plenty more where that yeah. came from put it that way yeah I mean, just just as a quick a quick summary. Basically, we we had we had a, a a situation where Armin Schwartz was from the point that they came into sight to the apex of a corner. Armin would be one and a half seconds quicker than Freddie Loikes in exactly the same car. Wow! Yeah. But from the apex of the corner to when they disappeared, Freddie would be two and a half seconds quicker than him. And the the differences were as massive as that. I mean, it's like a, really a second and a half, and then two and a half seconds the other way. So. 
too quick into the corner. I mean, Freddie, Freddie's exit, and then we got then we got the radar gun with the speed, so we could see the speed at the apex. You know, and sometimes sometimes the speed at the apex, Armin at the apex, was maybe twenty five thirty kph faster, but thirty meters later, he's still scrabbling from grip, and and Freddie's already accelerated that that thirty that thirty meters. He's passed and surpassed that speed. And then you hold that all the way down the next straight for maybe you know three, four, five hundred meters. Uh-huh. So if you're going to learn, yeah. if you're going to learn, you want to learn from Fast Freddy about Ypres, eleven-time winner, yeah, uh, and four straight victories between '96 and '99, and then again almost twenty years later, 2013 to 2016. Uh, it, it just if, if if you ever want to see how anybody drives that event, then then Fast Freddy, yeah. Yeah, and he's back. I was team. I was team manager for the for the four in the nineties. I was a team manager, and that was great fun because yeah. we, we were up against it quite a few times, and we had to pull flankers, and we did. We pulled some great flankers, really, really, really upset some of the other team managers. Oh my god, the, <laughs> the looks of derision and the shouts I would get. Things like people people not reading the bulletins that had come out, and and uh, and. Um, even just reading the regs properly, you know, where you were, where you were, uh, the, the, there'd been a rule about mixing tires that wasn't allowed, but, but there was a place where you weren't allowed to change tires. So they allowed mixed tires. And, and it was just a wee bulletin that had popped out at some point, I think quite early on. And obviously some people didn't read it. And, uh, and I did. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, went, we went with mixed tires, which I hated. I hated, but Freddie said he could work it and it'd be worth it. And it certainly was. We, Took Patrick Schneiders out on that one. God, Patrick was upset. <laughs> do, you, do you know one thing that does actually, uh, it does upset me a little bit about Ypres. You know, as you, you look back mm. at all of these great stories of yours, George, and Ypres meant kind of one thing to me, it, and it meant sort of endurance. Uh, and I was just doing a little bit of online research, thanks to our fabulous partner website, ewrc-results.com. Uh, and if you go back um, to the mid-teens or go back to any time, you know, Ypres was always a Friday night start and a Saturday night finish, wasn't it? That was what That's it was. right, 24, 24 hours of Ypres, oh, that was it. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly that, George. Uh, so looking yeah. back to just randomly, the 2014 route started at quarter past, well, it would have started about four o'clock on the Sunday, so it was a little bit more than 24 hours this time, and it finished at... At 10 o'clock on the Saturday night. So they went through until about half past nine on Friday night, then had uh, essentially 12 hours off, started about 10 o'clock the next morning, Saturday, and went through Saturday. Long, 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 long day through Saturday and finished at 10 o'clock at night. That route did 290 kilometers, which is 170 odd miles. The WRC round we've got coming up this week lasts for three days and Absolutely conforms to that usual. Technically four days. Well, yeah. Technically four days. Yeah, because it starts. We've we've got this this revised start. Where we've got the start before shakedown on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So truly, so so four days, uh, and it's doing two hundred and eighty kilometers. And you know, I I fully yeah. fully absolutely get the point that we you know we need conformity. We need the power stage at at twelve eighteen or whatever it is the tea time on a on a Sunday. We need that, but also we need the to, we need to give events the opportunity to to demonstrate what they're all about, to have their own character, and and I f- find it's it, it's a real shame that Epers had to conform in that way um, to 
to, yeah. to what a WRC round means. We should we should have the opportunity yeah. to to do stuff and still fit in that Sunday. David, it's a rare thing when we get melancholy from you. You know, we, 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 so so the, the, look, I, I would I would I would defend the rally and say, look, that that it yes, the twenty four hour Reaper was an amazing event. It was special. It's a time when that was allowed. Now we've now we've got a now we've got a, a the WRC product as a TV product yeah. basically, or, or you know we choose to make it that, and we're getting all this fabulous footage out so we can be in the every single car. Well, that requires a financial model, blah, 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 everything it needs. So it just has to be like that. If we, if we want an event to be part of it, it has to give us that. Um, I, I would suggest that what we do is we have a 24-hour of Eatper inside the WRC where we do run the original format and we get that 270 kilometers. Mm. And then we do another 100, 180, 190 kilometers to pad it out to give us the full WRC. Now that would be an event. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a compromise between the two. But hey, look, it's just how it is. You, and, you're and, absolutely and right, for George. Me, you know, we, last week we... we but I, I, I get the feeling, yeah. We waxed lyrical about how, how good WRC or live is, and it absolutely is. And we're already planning... Yeah. A number of features on on dirtfish.com to explain yeah. just how they work this this black art this incredible magic that they do yeah. um but you're right you know <laughs> i can't have my cake and eat it although actually evidence evidence yeah. would demonstrate that i regularly do have my cake uh-huh. and eat. <laughs> but I think this is the thing though that we've got this is the way that sport has um changed so massively there is very much a different experience being on site at an event whatever sport you're watching now to the one that you can watch from your armchair mm. because yeah. you will have a much better overview of what's happening from your armchair. Yeah. And yeah. The, the producers will be doing their very best to make you feel like you're part of that experience, but it'll never quite be. And, and you know, you talk about finishing at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. That was mostly because the party was starting that would be yeah. going for most of Sunday as well. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. it's kind of but, old ways, yeah. but you but, can't do that in a, a television yeah, but a, the other thing, the, the, the other thing was uh, Lisa that you would. I mean, I, I remember following REC rally in 1977. It, it, it wasn't. I mean, we slept in the car, you know, for three nights. We just we just drove around the country. We, we drove all the way around Wales. Uh, we'd have been Yorkshire into Scotland. We, I mean, we did the whole damn thing back down through the late. Just I can't remember everything we did, but we did Kielder. We did. We just did everything, and we must have been out for five days. And we stopped one night with some friends of ours down in Wallasey, old family friends of mine, and we caught the result. I think that was on, that was on about night three. We caught the result on the TV news yeah. that night, and that was the that was the first time we realised who was winning, other than just talking to a few spectators and somebody had half an idea, because there was no news. And then you know, eventually, a few years after that, we started to get the Pattersons with oh, all the bulletins running news. around. Yeah, and that was that was that was the, that was the first internet results we got, and the internet was two people printing out results in the back of a car, having got gotten having phoned up Rally HQ, getting getting driver comments themselves at stage finishes and banging out a report a couple, within within like an hour and a half, two hours, really fresh if you if you're in Didn't the right place at the right time for it. Well? Yeah. And and if, uh, yep, I, I, couldn't call it. I don't think I yeah. I don't think I called it. No, I yeah, there was, I did. it was hard. So I mean so even but but the point is you can still go out and watch a WRC in much the same manner. I mean, it's a little bit more restrictive now with uh, modern safety, um, but but um, it, it look it's it's still a fabulous sport. It's just it's it's a, it, you know, adapt and survive. You know, we don't do the we don't do the milly miggly anymore either for obvious reasons. You know, it's it's okay. It's fine. 
And uh, rallying's still absolutely amazing, and it still offers a lot to. Mm. I think it offers everything to everybody, just in a slightly different format, and it'll change again. You know, we should, we should absolutely. Sorry, sorry, Luke. I'm just going to say one thing. This is a call out to members of the Patterson family: Chris Patterson, Davy Patterson, Michael Patterson. Any of the Pattersons, come on. Spin the rally pod and tell us some stories about being out on events with <laughs> with mum and dad, with Brian and Liz. They they were an absolute institution. You know, there's legions, thousands of rally fans like you and, and I, George, at, at that time that would have had oh. no clue what was going on. Um, yeah. And you know, well, when we, that when the, when those like- cars stopped, they used to go through the stages ahead of the the the, the spectator control cars. And the car would stop at a junction and somebody would jump out and they would just have reams of paper. And, and the, these, yeah. these sheets would just get handed down the, the crowd. It was, it was absolutely incredible and just beautifully written as well. So enormously yeah. entertaining. Elo- eloquent, yeah. I mean, even as a competitor. That's where you got results. You got results, you got results from them, uh, even as a competitor. Like on the Scottish yeah. Rally, the Welsh Rally, even even the REC Rally, I remember picking them up when we when when Fred and I were doing it. We didn't, we had no idea where we were lying. Yeah. You know, on the on the last night going into Kielder at night, we had no idea where we were. And then all of a sudden, uh, well, what, it wasn't until we got to to Carlisle that we get uh, we get we get the, the 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 letter flung through the window. Oh, cranky! No, oh, we're. Gwyndaf had stopped on the second stage. Well, we knew he'd stopped, but we presumed he would get started again because he was just stuck off the road, but he didn't. And the, the way the stages ran, you just ran, ran, and ran, ran. There was about seven stages in there, end to end. So you never saw the other competitors. Mm. So, yeah, it was a service for everyone. Yeah, it, was, it was a massive it was service. It great. Steve, yeah. Steve Jones, our friend from UK, Rallying UK, mm-hmm. He's he's got a few of these. Uh, so we'll actually, I will. I know I always say this, oh, we'll put some up on social media. I'm sure I've got some pictures of some. Um, I might have some. We'll, so we'll I just because it, it it is it's great. They used to get sponsored by the event sponsors, so they'd sort of create a a letterhead for each event. Uh, and yeah, it yeah. was great, great days. And and the best thing I think we've said this before on on the pod when when I was starting out at Motoring News, um, these things were still being Brown and Liz were still making them, still producing them. Uh, and I used to do everything I could. It was it was great to get your name every week in Motoring News, but to get your name uh, at the bottom of of Rally News with Brian and Liz and Brian and Liz <laughs> saying and thank with thanks to David Evans was just massive. You know that was that was huge, huge. Yeah, yeah, great, lovely, lovely I'd, stuff. I I would I'd really hope that somebody's kept copies of those as well because they're so um, disposable. If, yeah. if they're being handed through a forest, they'd, they'd fall apart very quickly. I'm going to move us on a bit. Um, because we've got a lot of other news to round up. And Luke, this is, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> chucking the pass your way now. Um, I know that Latvala won in Lati, um, but what else, what else have we got that we've missed out? And also, um, I'd like a nice pronunciation check of what's, what's happening in the States as well. <laughs> okay, okay. Ojibwe? As far as I'm aware, that's Chippewa? correct. I'm far yeah. Aware, yeah, as far as I'm aware, it's Ojibwe. But again, if okay. someone in America has told me that's wrong, then please do. Um, yeah, please correct us. But yeah, in all fairness, terms of a news roundup on all our socials, indeed. But I'm kind of hoping I don't have to say anything here because in in my head, every single person reads every single story on Dirtfish. But whether that's true, I don't know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but yeah, there's been, there's been yeah, there's, there's been a lot of stuff this week. To be fair, a lot of sort of post Finland reaction. And to be fair, I think that's what's quite strange. Is it to me, it feels quite rare to have only 
two weeks between, not even two weeks between WRC rounds. We don't often get that these days. And particularly now, Finland to Ypres isn't the most sort of obvious chain. Like back in the day, I know we used to have like a week between like France and also Corsica and Spain and stuff. And you sort of, that made sense. But this feels like, I don't know, it's very thick into it, which is nice. Actually makes our job very easy. Because you don't have to think of ideas so much. It kind of just comes naturally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess Latvo's result, David, you spoke to him on, was it yesterday or was it Saturday? I can't remember. But there was quite a bit of jeopardy there. It, he won the rally, which maybe people expected. It wasn't the easiest win for him ever. No, it, it wasn't. There was a, a few issues. He lost the oil filter on the um, on the gearbox. So the gearbox drained the, the oil away. Um, but it was a strong extract box. So. Yari Matty drove with a degree of sympathy uh, and brought the the thing through the first loop, but then they discovered some bearings had worn, uh, which was far more sinister, um, and basically it meant he had to not use the clutch anywhere through the rest of the day, obviously off the line. Um, but after that, even on the road sections, uh, he was he was not using the clutch on up or downshift. Uh, and then the mm. the boys had whizzed back to the to the to the to the base and got some more bearings brought them back and got them fitted to the car. Um, and then Saturday morning, Yerry Matty said he, was, he wasn't he was angry, but he was just ready to have a bit of a crack on and a bit of a push on Saturday morning. And poor Yuho Hannanen was co-driving for him. And Yuho apparently said to... Yeah, that would be exciting. Well, well he said <laughs> he just, he felt immediately, as you would in the car, he felt there was an immediate sort of urgency and a degree more pace about them. So he said he didn't dare look up. He just kept his head down and kept on reading. <laughs> um, brilliant. But, Absolutely brilliant. You know, through all of that, and, and really some pretty challenging stages around Lati, you know, they were the typical finished stages, Thousand Lake stages. They're great. Uh, Yerry Matty won every stage. Um, so delivering Toyota the win that they hoped for a week late. Uh, he... Uh, mm. He he did have a giggle when I when I said that at least he'd finished the job that the boys had started a week before. <laughs> uh, but I bet he had a real <laughs> wag in his tail with that. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean he just loves it. He absolutely loves it. And his his father Yari Latvala uh, was was driving another. They were in the ST one six fives that they've got, um, and it's it's just brilliant. You know these boys, the Latvala family just absolutely lives. For, for rallying, mm-hmm. uh, something that we saw when we, we visited their museum, and you could see all of that content uh, on YouTube and on the on on the website. They're great. They're a lovely family, uh, and it's a real privilege yeah. and a pleasure to always talk to Yari Matty. You know, we were on the phone for ages on Sunday, uh, just catching up on and and you know we talked about his rally, and then we were talking about Sammy Payari and all of this stuff. And mm. uh, it's yeah, great. he's great. He's a lovely fella. Mm-hmm. Okay, right back to Eper. Yes, if I mean, there was actually. I'm to, so have, have, I, have I jumped the gun on no, that? Sorry, George. Oh, I, no, no, there was, Luke. There was, Luke's got a list of things we were going through. Luke, are we talking oh, about that? Our friend from Waterford and what he did at the weekend, or do we not? I think uh, that's up to you, but I, I think it probably deserves a something of a mention. Um, well, well, to be honest, you, you probably knew far more about it than me, David, as ever. But I saw him turn up on an entry list very unexpectedly. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay, fair play. Um, but I don't know how long it, had he been planning that a long time, or was it quite a spur of the moment decision? Do you know? No, I I don't. I think at the minute, obviously, we're talking about Craig Breen, um, and Craig. We spoke to Craig in the week, uh, and it, you know, obviously, as you can expect, you know, he's not exactly on top of the world right now. Um, and one thing that's that's really is at the forefront of Craig's 
participation in this sport is enjoyment. You know, it's this sport is we've just talked about the Latvala family. You know, the the Breen family is exactly the same. Um, that they, it's it means as much to them uh, as it does to anybody. They, Craig's father Ray competed uh, for years and years, and and Craig just absolutely loves the sport. And we should one day we will actually have a uh, a competition between Craig and Yari Matty to see just who knows <laughs> the most uh, about the sport. We should we'll actually get that sorted. And nineteen eighties music actually yes. as well. The pair of them. We, yeah, we yeah. could we can have a bonus round. <laughs> yeah, that's true. On, but on we, bad eighties music. We, we will definitely try and get that sorted before the end of this season. Um but yeah Craig's had a, a fairly rough old time. Um and he decided to go and do there was an event that was quite local to his to his parents' house in Waterford to where he was brought up uh in Cork. Uh, it was a for- strangely for Irish rallying. It was a forest rally, and that's actually it's not strange because obviously there are lots of forests in in Ireland, but Ireland is generally known more for for tarmac rallying. But it does have some great forest events. One of which was on, I think it was on, it was yesterday, wasn't it? It was on Sunday. Um, yeah. And Craig took his his father's Focus, uh, an O six car, um, and went and did it with a with a with a, one of his best friends in the co driver's seat. Went and did it, and just really quietly, just turned up, drove the stages, and went home, uh, just to get actually get back to just really enjoying himself. Um, mm-hmm. Naturally, he won every stage or six stages. He won all of them, won the event, um, and now he, you know, hopefully this is helping him get back to a really sort of positive frame of mind uh, ahead I, of Ipa. I, I, I simply don't believe what you're saying there. Um, um, I think you've just told us a whole load of tosh, actually. There is absolutely no way that Craig just just went out and did a rally like that and then went home. I'm pretty sure they went to the pub. Yes, they may well have just. (laughs) That's that's the only thing I'm questioning. (laughs) It's the only thing I'm questioning. He went to the pub. I'm sure he went to the pub. Nice cup of tea for Craig. Yeah, exactly. Cup of tea, whatever. Exactly. Sure, they went to the pub. It's it's all about social. I've got to say, if there's (laughs) as much as we think that that you know probably Thierry is the the favourite for 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 Ipa. If I could have one guy winning, it would be Craig. You know, one guy that just a win would just make so much of a difference to him, to his season, to everything. Um, and he's done it before in Ipa. And I think, yes, mm-hmm. we're, we're in the middle of the season now. We're talking a lot more about where the cars are at. We're understanding these cars much more now. Um, and we can see, Chris Williams said to us that, you know, they, they understand where their engine is uh, and they are a wee bit behind both Hyundai and Toyota. So, it will make a bit of a difference. If we got, I mean, wet weather, George, would make a difference, wouldn't it? it would it negate some of that, that power disadvantage that the Puma's got? Um, well, I don't, I'm, I'll just, I'm not absolutely sure that the Puma has a power de- deficit. All we see is a speed, a speed deficit. Yeah. Okay. And yes, 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 the rain would make a difference. But I'm not necessarily sure that that top speed difference is going to be Worth a, a huge amount, or or, or, or or result in a loss at all yeah. in that rally, and it and because you've seen it, we've seen it on other rallies where it's not made a difference. Mm. So I think the car the car definitely has you know it's one of those things you get the top speed but you're losing out maybe on acceleration. We've not seen the not to sixty times of these cars published anywhere in comparative form, so we don't know. But I mean, I, no, I don't think the Puma's in any way disadvantaged. I think it's got it's got serious advantages yeah. in certain areas, and 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 other cars have got advantages in other little areas. So I, I don't think the Hyundai engine's going to help them in Ypres particularly. But I think what will help them is absolutely Thierry 
Nouvel, as we, I've got to start saying Nouvel. It's the right way to say it. I know, um, but I think uh, I think I think that, that the Puma should be absolutely, but with its it is reportedly so easy to drive mm. and so rewarding, so easy to take it right to the limit. And again, watching Craig driving in Finland, you know, he took a knockback with a wee problem, and I think he, I think the, I personally think the team was a little bit hard on him. But again, I'm not. We're not privileged to all the briefings that go on to know what's being said because I don't, I wouldn't have thought that anybody was being unreasonable in any way, and I don't want to sound like I'm accusing anyone at Ford of being unreasonable. M Sport, that's not what I want to say. But the bottom line is, Craig was driving brilliantly, mm. absolutely brilliant. He was right out there, at the limit, quite ragged. I thought. I think I commented on that last week, but, um, but absolutely superb in these high speed places. We know he's got the precision in the slower places. For me. He would, he would, I'd definitely put him on the podium on, 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 on his performance at least. And then it's uh, conditions. Well, the conditions could work in his favour. They could work against him. I think most likely they would probably, uh, if it rained, there might be a benefit for the car if it rains because it's got such a nice predictable chassis. Uh, it's got great traction. Well, they've all got great traction because they're all very similar. But um, no, I think it's a nice tight car. So I, I think he should suit the car. Mm. And and I think Craig uh, Craig has the ability there. I don't think uh, I don't think that Thierry has a huge advantage over him there. If we put those two drivers down as two of the favourites, having having got form there, yes. But did uh, did we not see young Mister Rovenpera going rather well in Ypres last year as well? Yeah. Did he not go quite he well? Is. I mean, quite some. So you know, fast learner, he'll have figured it out. You know, I mean, all the things that I've put that I discussed with uh, Luke last year. You know, we we put up. How to win an Eper? You know, n- none of it's none of it's rocket science. It's just observation and figuring out. Tom Fowler of had his drivers focusing on it really, really hard. They'll all figure it out to do it on the day is harder, mm. and and that requires experience and build up. Well, they've had one year of it as we've already discussed. So um, anybody's anybody's event, but for me, uh, Thierry and Craig should be should be absolutely at the front, and the others will be trying to match them. Now, I think the others will match them at times, whether they can sustain it or not, I don't know. But you know, there's a good a good chance. There's a heck of a lot going to be going on there. Mm-hmm. I think there's any I mean, Elfin fabulously clean on these events. Yeah, exactly. And and it's funny though, isn't it? Because you think someone like Elvin, you think well, he must have done Eper stacks of times. Um, through no, you know, Fiesta Championships and what have you, but mm. no, I think first time there last year. Um, so mm. there did there used to be a bit of a clash on the calendar, didn't there? I'm not, I'm not aware of that, but I believe you. Yeah, likewise, of course, likewise. But just if yeah. we move away from the from the front briefly, uh, and one thing which is tremendously exciting from a uh, from a British rally fans perspective. Is it was Rally Van Staden uh, uh, at the weekend, which is it's a, a Belgian event that runs very close to, obviously not on the same stages, but pretty close and very much the same style of stage uh, in Belgium, mm-hmm. uh, and is used very much as a as a test event for for EPA. Uh, and Toxport sent all of their cars out. Uh, Mickelson, uh, Ingram wow. was driving one, uh, and uh, Russian. Uh, competitor Gryzin, uh and Gryzin crashed uh, off the road. So, just I mean, what is it? A week and a bit after crashing out to, to um, shakedown in Finland, he's he's put another car off the road 
So I don't know, I haven't spoken to Serkan Duru, the lovely team principal from Toxport, to find out what state the car's in um, and whether mm. whether or not Gryzen will will start in any... I'm sure he will. You know, they've got a week to rebuild a car. Yeah. But Chris Ingram, great, great speed from him. It was one of those events where they ran a sort of priority event. Um, so nobody really qualified for overall uh, classification. Uh, but but yeah. Ingram was right there with, with Mickelson. Um, and Mickelson seems to have disappeared uh, from the results. Sorry, this is this is not the most informative section. Okay, no, no, but it sort of is. But yeah. but but you know, for me, it's great to see Chris Ingram, a guy who's you know his confidence is really coming now. Um, and he's had a he's had a a month to six weeks away. Didn't do Estonia, didn't do Finland. Um, but he's he's worked really hard uh, on on every aspect of 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 everything out of the car. His mental fitness is mental strength is physical fitness and this for me he's got a, a deal to to run wrc2 next year he's obviously chasing wrc2 juniors this year um and i really hope he he goes well he's he's a dri- he's a driver who's really matured a lot in, yeah. in the last couple of years definitely one of the one of the one of the growth the growth drivers isn't mm. he growing and growing and it's great to see it you hate, you hate, i always feel disappointed for these guys when they seem to plateau whether it's through opportunity or ability yeah. you know but but chris has not chris has not done either yet which is great he's not and and just looking at one of the stage times of course i i hadn't forgotten in any way shape or form the the titan of rallying that is neil simpson uh was right up there as well with our great friend Michael Gibby Gibson uh, alongside him. So we are, it's getting a little bit parochial now, but Neil, great result. Great job. I know that you did lose a little bit of time. You might have been 14 minutes down at the end. Uh, so we're not too sure. We'll try and bring you a bit more news about this event um, later in the week on the, on the website. Okay. Sorry, that all ended rather abruptly again, didn't well, it? <laughs> I sort of run out of things to say Eper, about the I- rally van st- so. As we're as we're on Eper, one of the most exciting things to my mind, Juha Kankinen, Juha Kankinen, hydrogen powered car, with an an internal combustion engine powered by hydrogen gas. That's a first. It's a huge, huge deal. It's incredible. Wow. And I mean, it looks. I mean, the pictures I've seen of it, it looks like it's going to be quite a performer. It certainly should be. I know that the. The energy release from hydrogen is different, obviously, from fuel, but I'm not quite sure how the engine's configured. But you'll be able to get as much power out of it as you want. The regulations can can decide how that how that comes out, and it's going to be amazing. Doing one stage a day, driven by Juha Kankinen, so it will be beautifully concept driven. Concept car, then. Concept. I think it's. Well, I think it is a concept car, absolutely. But it's a test bed, absolutely as well. So I mean, you know. I- you you can produce if you're producing hydrogen uh, with with power from a windmill or tidal power or solar power, that is that is absolutely green energy. Mm. Um, and the release the release to the atmosphere is water, and that's pretty fabulous. There is a slight amount of um, uh, oxides come out in the exhaust when you burn any fuel, but they're unbelievably infinitesimal. Um, and uh, these are truly green rally cars it is, amazing it is very excited <clears throat> to see that happening it is like you say george actually it's properly exciting that because you know we've as a sport we've yeah. been very focused on hybrid we've mm-hmm. been focused on electric yeah. mm-hmm. but hydrogen mm-hmm. it has to be the way forward doesn't it well i mean a hydrogen fuel cell it would perhaps be the ultimate yeah. um but but that's an incredibly expensive thing to do 
um, uh, uh, an internal combustion engine powered by by gas is very normal. You know, you can get gas. You can pretty well convert any car you want to gas. I've seen diesels converted to be gas effectively mm. um, as well, believe it or not. And uh, the the result is that it's a manageable and feasible way to move it forward. We just need to start harnessing the power available in our natural environment and putting it to good use. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another reason um, to look forward go, to it. <clears throat> I was going to say before mm. before we go, um, hang on, let's not do that again. We need to talk about Ajibwa. Ajibwe. Ajibwe. I still haven't got the pronunciation. Ajibwe. <laughs> Ajibwe. I still haven't got the pronunciation right. Yes. I apologise for that. Um, and I have to say as well, I am loving getting completely educated about um, what's happening over the other side of the pond because all these rallies, and I'm, I've been reading up on the forest rallies in Minnesota. Um, history and stuff like that. All these rallies that have been happening in the States that I just haven't known about over the years. Thank you, Dirtfish, for bringing this to me. It, and it's a great season. It's absolutely, isn't it? I mean, Luke, you, you're following it as closely as I am. And this this championship is building into something really special uh, with Seminole winning is, in, in, is. in New England. Sorry, mate, I've just offered you the, the way in and then talked straight over you. So you carry <laughs> yeah, on. Shut up, David. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> I was just going to say, I see you've been closer to me. You've actually been there. You've been lucky enough to be there once this year, haven't you? I've, I've still been thousands of miles away. But yeah, it's, it is a classic season. I think this rally really, and I feel like I've been saying this a lot already, but this could be absolutely massive in terms of the, the destination of this year's championship because it mm. is a best six scores from nine that count. We've had six rallies. This is the seventh. So really, it, it's essentially all about who can beat, who, who can win the rally between Brandon Seminick and Ken Block. Um, and you would have said, I think, before New England, the last rally, that Ken had, had it in the bag. But the way that rally turned in its head, and I know there was controversy around it, I don't want to get bogged down in that, but Brandon drove the absolute wheels off his car to get there. He's been the story of the season, really, just just how complete mm. he's looked. He's got three wins. Ken's got two. If Travis Pastrana doesn't win, he's probably not going to be winning his championship again. He is the outsider to win, but... These three, the the pace they're on, I think that's the thing. And it, it's hard to quantify it when they're all just mm -hmm. racing each other. And the cars behind them are obviously a bit slower than what they've got, so they're going to be ahead. But put them anywhere in the world right now, I genuinely think they'd be they'd be fast. Like the the amount of preparation that's going in is I think it's possibly not unfair to say we've not seen anything like that in American rallying before. It's it's incredible the the, no, the lengths that they're going to. It, absolutely, it's it's a shame, you know. I, Barry, I agree. Barry yeah. McKenna was there for a couple of rounds early doors, and and business is he's obviously a very very bus busy man, so business has kind of kept him away. But it's three way fight. There's if you look at it, there's nine points. Ken's on ninety, Travis is on ninety five, and and Seminook's Brandon Seminook's on ninety nine. Obviously, I think Brandon's done the most events. He's had the most starts. Uh, yeah. But it's 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 open, isn't it? You'd have to say that if. If Travis wants a successful defence of his championship, he's probably going to have to win the last three. Um, simply yeah. because, like you say, Seminook's won three, Ken's won two, and has finished second twice. Um, it it's it is shaping up to be a, an absolute thriller of a of a final three rounds. Last three rounds: uh, Ajibwe, STPR, and Lake Superior. STPR is a Susquehannock Trail Performance Rally in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. uh, and then Lake Superior, LSBR, is obviously Michigan. Uh, so, great, and just kind of iconic places as well. Beautiful, yeah. And, oh, absolutely and... stunning. I've seen so many photographs of them, seen the odd video, and just, crikey, I want to be there. I, uh, yeah. I haven't been that far north Mi in the States. 
Minnesota. Who doesn't want to go to Minnesota for a rally? It's just got to be the most amazing place for a rally. Yeah, absolutely. Ojibwe Ojib- Ojib- is one of the most, I think, for me, anyway, one of the most visually spectacular rallies. I know there's a stage, and yeah. embarrassingly, I can't remember the name of it, but essentially there's a little bit of road snakes in between lakes and stuff. It's basically every single photo you've seen from Ojibwe will <laughs> probably be from that section. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's I- incredible. No, it is. I am sick as a parrot. I'm not there, but there we go. I'm, instead, I'm working. I'm at my desk working. Lovely. I think we all we will be, uh, to some degree. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. But we, we will on dirtfish.com. We have obviously our full review uh, of the event coming up by the sort of middle of next week um, to just track exactly the, the winners and losers uh, up and down the field from, uh, from the, the, the latest round. Uh, but it's here. Yeah, it's it's going to be an exciting one. Luke, who's where would you put your money if you had to go with one of the three now? Where where would you put it? I, I do know it's just just to, I'm sorry if it's waste time, but this is twice this happened there for two different rallies that I've been asked for tips and nobody else has. So I feel like I'm being strung <laughs> along here a little bit. But back under the bus again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, it is hard. I, I think it has to be between either Brandon or Ken, and that's no disrespect to Travis. I just think the level they've they've been at this year is is high. If I really had to be pushed into it, I would say Ken, but it could be either of them. Mm. Yeah. I was going to go the other way, judging by what you've said in previous um, editions of Dirtfish.com. I think Simonuk's been um, dominant. Yeah. But again, I'm looking forward to seeing how he handles the conditions on a rally that I'm not so familiar with. Yeah. And the, there is, you know, there's a, there's a, a bit of needle building there now. Obviously, we had the whole, hey, love it. The whole dust and road cleaning issue. Um, in uh in new england, new england. uh and there was a there was a really interesting interview with with seminook and our dirtfish's own brian dallas uh when they were there was a big subaru event big northwest uh at the school a week last sunday um and brandon gave gave us a great interview um and really said you know he'd he'd suffered equally in in new england you know he'd cleaned the roads for 70 miles for, for ken so it's great to have that bit of needle. Yeah. We've always seen that needle between Ken and Travis, and they've managed it. It's kind of a a, a stateside Burns McRae thing um, that's coming, and and Brandon's feeding into that a little bit now as well. And it was it's great because you know he he absolutely has the right to stand there and say, "No, mate, you know I was out front, and sweeping a road is is difficult." Um, and he made a great job of it. So, it whoever wins this year's championship for sure, it's they're going to have absolutely earned it. And of course. That ongoing, yeah, 100%. the ongoing debate of of Ken's detuned World Rally Car versus Brandon's Open Class and and obviously Travis's Open Class Subaru. It's it's, it's really interesting. Uh, so no, lots to look forward to still in ARA. Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, getting sorry. that, but get, sorry, getting that balance of those cars, you know, for the for the ARA would be very very difficult to do because, you know, t- tell me that the Hyundai guys that Ken Block's team didn't sandbag it as much as possible. Mm. However, they've got intelligent people there, people like Derek Doncey there that knows that, okay, you might sandbag a little bit, but this better be fair, otherwise the controversy around it won't be worth it. Mm. They would appear to me if they got it pretty close to being right. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. They've done a pretty good job, and I mean, Craig, I wouldn't, I, I would challenge anyone to get it better than they have. If you're going to allow it, then I think they've done a pretty good job, and that's it. Yeah, because we've seen, so, you know, year on year, Travis and and Ken are pretty similar, yeah. um, in in performance, yeah. and and yeah, they they still are in two very very different mm-hmm. cars. Yeah, I think, and I think fair fair knock to the the series that they've done a good job. They've encouraged other things in. Let's Hyundai in there, which is maybe 
you know helpful to Ken. It might even help some of the some of the the, the smaller the smaller runners down the field over over time. Maybe maybe we can see some R five cars there. Who knows? Oh, yeah. But I was... great 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 job great job ERA ERA technical team for doing that. Well done. And well also done, a word of you know Florent <clears throat> Perrinet the the and his two C competition team that the. the the team that are actually running Ken's car out there. That's a great job for them. Yeah. And Vermont sports yeah. car. Let's be even handed with that. Absolutely. Compliment. So yeah, no, it's all, it's all good. And another double header weekend coming up, which is hugely exciting, particularly if you work on the news desk at dirtfish.com. Yeah, you, you can tell, you can tell that David doesn't busy. there, can't you? The way you said that. <laughs> these, are, these are not tremendous exciting weekend. They're very stressful. <laughs> There is well, quite I, a lot I was going to say the du- double time zone. Do you actually get any chance to sleep? Who needs sleep? Don't yeah, well, encourage that, that, Lisa. God's <laughs> <sake>. <laughs> I'm getting old, David. There, I do need my sleep now. <laughs> but no, yeah, no that's we, true. David is aging you. That's what it is, Luke. Um, you can sleep. You can sleep in about thirty years' time. Yes, exactly. Just keep it going, Luke. Now stop and stop whinging, would you? Just get on. <laughs> Sorry, <that>. George. Sorry. <laughs> I've that, I've ticked everything okay. off the list. Is there anything else uh, anybody wants to add that we've left out? I don't think uh, so. Not for me. While you're thinking, no. I'll just say uh, if anybody's no. got any questions or queries, get in touch on our social medias at Dirtfish yeah. Rally. Um, we're going to get Dave and to do a TikTok well, at some point because that's just going to be highly entertaining. Oh, I, yeah. got Insta I back that. And Twitter. Look out for yeah. that. That ain't yeah. going to happen. David Evan moves, probably pulling on a jumper. Yeah. <laughs> Just another thing to add there. These, uh, these little rallies we've been talking about as an interlude, which may seem terribly local and, and odd. Every single county of UK, there are car clubs around. I, I, I've joined the Saltire Car Club, which is quite near to me. It's probably Very around local. the world as well. But around the world, mm. in America, there'll be lots of car clubs doing that type of road rally I just discussed on incredible little roads. You can have a great little adventure. You can go out and have fun driving your car in a relatively safe environment and behave yourself. You know, there are speed limits, etc. So just behave yourself. Uh, be seen to be behaving yourself at the very least, and um, <laughs> uh, which is probably what I was doing. Um, but the, the, the bottom line is, you know, that that sport exists for everyone. I am doing it in my everyday road car, mm. which happens to be a little Mini Cooper SD, quite an old one, uh, but it's, it's fabulous. It's up for the job. Uh, but there's people, out, there's people out in their shopping cars makes no difference. And we were beaten with people by people in shopping cars. You don't need to be driving if you're better, if you're, you make up for it with good co-driving and intelligence. Mm. Well, we didn't do too badly on the intelligence front. Uh, but anyway, point is, get out there. It's, it's there for you to do and it's great fun. And, and have fun once, in your you've, car. once you've been out there and done that and experienced uh, rallying uh, at, its, at its grassroots level, then take the step and come to Dirtfish. Rally school in Snoqualmie yeah. and oh yeah, absolutely. How good would that be? Absolutely, yeah. step up your skills. Yep. Step exactly yeah. that, Lee. And and then and then at any at any point for completely for free, you can just phone me up and I'll run through <laughs> the car with you. And I'll get. I might. I mean, I, I might get you two seconds a kilometre or a mile, whatever it happens to be. We're never quite I mean, figured that one out. Well, when you do work it out, you'll probably find if it was two seconds a a kilometre, that actually it's much better over the miles. Yeah. Of course it is, yeah. So, yeah, yes, it's it best is. to work yeah, that out. Um, excellent work, gang, as usual. Um, if you are listening to this and you've enjoyed what you've heard, subscribe via your usual podcast provider and, yeah, write us a review if you like what you've heard. I'm going if they're... Uh, yeah, the negative stuff, well, you can Keep it to yourself. No, they can't. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> no room for negativity here. We're all, um, okay. we're all positive. Decent, all decent set for Reaper. Reaper. 
All done. The, the excitement's already building. Absolutely. Thank you, Lisa. We never know how to finish, do we? We all kind of witter at the end, don't we? Yeah. Let's just say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye.